1: Looking for a jump start in your prayer life? Do you know that Jesus left you with five promises as it regards to your prayer life? We'll talk about them next on Truth For Today. And again, welcome. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard will take us back to John chapter 14 today, looking at verses 12 through 14. Just in case you need anything is the title of our message. We're looking at those five promises that Jesus left us here in John 14 as it relates to our prayer life. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: And I call this the results of praying in the name. What results? And He says right here, I've taught you this vine branch analogy. I've given you these prayer promises. And this is the goal. I want you to bear fruit and this fruit to remain. Now here's the question. What is the fruit? What is the fruit? Now, let's think it through. You're in that room. I am the vine. You are the branches. I want you to bear fruit. Well, what does the branch, what kind of fruit does a grapevine produce? What kind of product does a blackberry vine produce? What kind of fruit does a Jesus vine produce? The manifested life of Christ. Christ's life on display. Is that fair? I'm the branch. Here's the vine. Here's the life source. I want you to be conduits through which I bear my fruit, and my fruit isn't peaches and apples. It's me, Christ. The vine. I want to be put on display. Once I go back to heaven, I want you to be the visible expression of what I'm like. The visible expression. And that's why in this upper room, what does he repeat over and over and over? You would think they were deaf. He says over and over. Love, love. And it's not sloppy love. He's going to the cross. He is stooped to wash a man's dirty feet. He says, I'm in this room to show you the full extent of my love. Now, the first and greatest product that Christ wants to produce in us, and it's in company with prayer, is him on display, the life of Christ. Now, the fruit of the Spirit tells us what that life looks like. Love, joy, peace, gentleness. It, it's a a snapshot of what Jesus would act like if he was a member of this church. Like, take the word gentle. The word gentle, it's an interesting... One of the uh, translations of it, it comes from a word for a smooth wine. Uh, gentle wine. It, no, no tart taste. It was smooth. It was uh, no biting taste to it. Uh, It was used of uh, getting a horse well, smooth ointment, treatment. Uh, it, It meant to put others at ease. Gentle. I know some folks, there's no problems until they show up. As soon as they show up, there's tension. As soon as they show up, there's criticism. As soon as they show up, The environment changes because Mr. Cranky know-it-all critic has shown up. But I'm a Christian, I'll have you know. You look more like a hellion than a Christian. You look like a barroom brawler. Why don't you go down to the bar? Don't bring that to church. We don't need it. Go down where the bad boys hang out. Once they smack you a couple times, you'll even out. Because they're looking for your kind. Would you come to church with that attitude? I want to ask you do people see Jesus when they meet you? I want you to bear fruit. I'm not talking about evangelism here, I'm not talking about service. But remember, his love stooped to serve in chapter 13. His love washed feet. His love, just love to the end. His love wasn't just some sloppy, just some gooey. He, Jesus, a gooey Jesus. This is no gooey Jesus. This is God dealing with fallen, fallible, dirty men. And he says, when I leave, I'm sending my spirit, and I'm giving you access in prayer and my greatest desire is you will put me on display. That's the fruit. Does anyone ever accuse you of loving? He said the world ought to be able to say, see how they love one another. And you know what helps you bear that fruit? is a prayer life. At the same time, he said, I want you to bear this fruit. He just throws right in there. And by the way, uh, you can you can ask for whatever you want. And uh, then he just tacks on to, by the way, keep loving one another. So you want me to put you on display, Christ. You've given me prayer. I'm in union with you. And, and, and your big concern is you want to be kept on display and you're going to do it through us? Yeah. And I'm giving you prayer to help do that. Well, why is that? Because some days you don't feel loving. You'll have to ask God to help you to love that day. Uh, Someday you don't feel like putting Christ on display. You want to be on display. We want to know how you feel, act, and think. The Christ life has to be fought for, prayed for. Uh, If you don't have something that's missing, you ask for it. Let's keep on. John 16. He says in verse 23. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. That is after Pentecost. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This is brand new privilege. This started after Christ came and ascended. This this brand new prayer privilege. You can now approach God on the basis, I'm in partnership with this person. I'm coming in the name, not in the title, in the person of Jesus, I'm coming. I get access not through blood of bulls and goats, but through the person of Christ. He's the password in heaven to get what you need. And he says, hey, in that day, you won't ask any, but now just ask the Father my name and he will give it to you. Verse 24, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, Have you ever met a joyless Christian? Why? One of the reasons all prayerless Christians are joyless. Matter of fact, they're in doubt as being Christian if they don't pray for a long time. To be Christian is to pray. we all struggle with keeping prayer. You know, the reason people don't have, they can't never say they pray. They never plan to. Oh, I know they'll quote, I pray without ceasing. Well, the way you drive, you need to. <laughs> what does it mean to have a prayer life? A prayer life, you plan it. You pick a place, you pick a time, you pick a procedure. Uh, what scriptures are you going to pray? Who are you going to pray for? It's just planning. We all want to have a prayer life. But he but says here, something, a benefit that comes in this praying, you'll be loving, and then he says, you'll have joy. Um, I think it was Robert Murray Musain, great Scottish pastor, died in his 20s. He said this, the first business of my day is to make myself happy in God. Have you ever awakened and you felt cranky and you never got out of bed? I mean, you, you already felt kind of negative. Ms. Shane says, the first duty of my life is every day is to get with God until he makes me happy. And I have joy. I have to watch, and Ms. Shane also said this, I have determined to see no other face until I have seen the face of God each morning. He would not engage in human conversation until he spent his time with the Lord. How do you start your day? Get in there. We got to hurry. Get those make those sandwiches. Get in that car. Hey. Get to the office. If it went for Starbucks, you'd be starving to death. (laughs) And you're in this rust. I just read a thing John Piper wrote on Pastors. He said, the greatest enemy to ministry is ministry. Talking to pastors. Ministry is its own worst enemy. It is not destroyed by the big bad wolf of the world It destroys itself, and they did a survey of pastors and their prayer life, and is it one of the most common obstacles to your spiritual growth? These are the top three. Number one, busyness. Eighty-three percent of pastors said busyness is killing me from having a prayer life. Busy what? Running the bar. Busy what? Cutting lawns, busy doing church work, busy being interrupted, busy being with people, meetings, this, this, demands. It's never over. Never. Nobody tells me to pray. You assume I pray. And some act like you don't care if I pray or not. You will care within a week because I will turn into a weird creature. And you don't realize it. you're turning into a weird creature. Because uh, what was it that one line? If I don't pray for a day, uh, I know it. If I don't pray for two days, uh, my wife will know it. If I don't pray for five days, the whole world knows it. It's this battle. See, sometimes I do this in the morning. I like to, I love to drink coffee with my wife. She gets up earlier usually than me. She she's an early riser, and. Uh, if she's in the front room, fireplace, especially in the colder months, drinking coffee, I feel the burden to go in there and encourage her. I really want to get next to the fireplace. <laughs> and drink coffee, and we talk, and, and uh, that's wonderful. I mean, it, that's what I do usually every Monday morning. We, we'll have coffee together and talk. But here, here's the thing that, that's tricky. Sometimes we'll talk together, and, and we start trying to figure out how... She'll so talk about the children, how Sunday went, children's ministry. I'll tell them how the adult wing went and how that went. And then we start talking about our kids. And, some, and you know what? I either am happy or depressed within an hour. Because we're talking about life stuff. We haven't prayed. We haven't, now, she's better than me. She's usually reading her Bible when I interrupt her. Because she's reads through the Bible. And she prays. But you know, I think... A lot of times, because I go downstairs, I can just get in there and make my coffee. Go downstairs, honey, I'll be downstairs. But it's so nice. She is my wife. And we do pray together. Just go in there and I'll just stay 20 minutes. But sometimes I never get past that to pray. So I've seen her face, but I haven't seen God's face. I've told her what's wrong, but I haven't told God what's wrong. And you know what's really terrible about a pastor's wife? She can't fix me. And she can't fix the board and she can't fix you. She just has to hear it all. What a terrible assignment to be a pastor's wife garbage truck. To hear stuff she can never even have a vote to change. So why do I load her up with that? Why not tell God? Why not pray for my wife? Why don't I spare all this? She's not the ex Messiah around here. But my problem is I need to get down or find a place to pray, be in the Word, do that, then have my coffee with her. Changes the whole day. Because I've already talked to the Lord, I've already heard from His Word. Now I'm worth talking to. I'm not full of problems. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Thank you for not amening. It made us feel better. Uh, Well, where are we? One last thing. He goes on to say, verse 26, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me And have believed that I came from God. Christ is telling the disciples. In the future. You will be able to get things in my name. Because you're going to a father. Who loves you just like I love you. And I think the disciples need to know that. I love you. I love you. And the father wants you to come. It's a loving father. We go to in prayer. And he's just waiting to hear his children cry. Uh, I... Wanted to publish a uh, prayer up there for you. I put it in my journal that I prayed this way. Father, I want to want everything you want to give. I want to want everything you want to give. So I've been asking God, teach me to pray all over. Am I asking for the things you want to give? Or am I trying to talk you into stuff you don't plan to give anyway? I don't want to waste my breath. I want to get in alignment with God. What does God want to do in me, in you, in getting the gospel out? Are we asking what he wants to do? Because he's not a God that likes to say no. He wants to grant it. Then, I pray this. Please take away any desire to want anything you don't want. I don't want what God doesn't want. If you don't want me to eat of the tree, I don't want to eat of it. If you don't want me to do this, don't want this relationship, you don't want this, you don't want this. Lord, let me pray for what you want, positively and negatively. I want to want what you want. I ask, remove from me my heart for wanting anything you don't want for me. What a relief when you pray that way. He will not lead us into temptation. He'll give us his divine help. You know what? It is so marvelous. I'm going. I'm leaving you here, but I'm leaving you this promise. If you need anything, you can call heaven and just say you're coming in my name. In 1965, uh, my wife and I, uh, in her 1960 Corvair. Anybody ever heard of a Corvair? I didn't say Corvette. I said Corvair. Uh, Little car that I found out had a hole in the uh, uh, floorboard. I didn't know it until I got swamped in Bethany, Oklahoma. Uh, I got in a cross-section. And the car, if you know anything about a Corvair, it's low. And all of a sudden, water starts pouring into the car. Found out we had a hole in the floorboard. And when cattle trucks were going through that little Corvair, we were nearly floating on the highway. And the winds were blowing and the rain. So I called a preacher in Tulsa. I said, you got to give me, I'm on my honeymoon. You got to give me a place to stay. I can't make it through this storm. He said, come on over, son. I was glad to go over. But when we left on Fifth Avenue in Concord that day, the only time Carolyn had ever seen her father cry, we were getting ready. Here was our itinerary. Both 20 years old, we both had saved $500, and we had a 1960 Corvair. Honey, we were ready to burn up America. <laughs> we were going to go to L.A. The stick shift, by the way, in the floor. Going to go to L.A., I'm going to start a revival in Van Buren, Arkansas within a week. I'm going to go from Van Buren, Arkansas to Houston. And from Houston, I'm going back to Merleton, Arkansas. From Murrowton, Arkansas, I'm going to Miami, Florida. From Miami, Florida, I'm going to Kingston, Jamaica and Port Maria. And from there, I'm flying to Port-au-Prince, Haiti, while Duvalier was in power. And then I'm getting back off that plane and driving all the way across America to start college in my junior year with 500 bucks. Uh, When I got into Arizona, we began to have electrical problems. We replaced a generator. If things were playing off, I wanted to get a new battery, get a new generator, left me about 200 dollars. I'm already booked to go to Haiti. I've got to make that preaching engagement. A wonderful thing happened, though. A friend of mine bought me tires. And Carolyn's uh, father, first time in her adult life, he broke down. And tears are running down. And he slipped her a card and said, If you need anything, you got my card. Do you think we needed anything? Gave us a gas car. And Jesus is saying in the upper room, if you need anything, I give you my name. I give you me. Heaven will hear you because you have been given the name. And you can access the resource. If you don't have love, you've not been asking in the name. If you don't have joy, you haven't been asking in the name. If you're not bearing fruit, you haven't been asking in the name. If you haven't been getting what God wants, you haven't been asking according to his word and according to his name. I give you my name. If you want to do my will and make me known, I will answer anything you ask me in my name. He did not leave us to be powerless, to be broke, to be defeated. He gave us the Holy Spirit, and he gave us the greatest gift in the world. You got access to everything in heaven by means of a name. I come to you in the name. I add Jesus, but it's more than Yeshua. That's not what does it. I come in the person, the relationship, the merit, the authority of the Christ who gave me these promises. And God doesn't make promises he will not keep. He will keep his word our father we thank you we've been given a name greater than swords greater than our problems greater than our griefs greater than armies a name you said the name of the lord is a high tower the righteous run into it and they are saved you said in your word He will lead us by uh, still waters for his name's sake. I'm glad I bear your name. You have put your name on your people, and I've got something better than Visa. I've got you. And whatever I need, whenever it comes to your will, you said, ask, and I will answer you, and you will be granted all that you need. Father, we bless your name. It's hard to believe we're already halfway through January. How quick time runs. May we plan to pray, plan to serve, plan to give, plan to love, plan to actually act like we're happy that we know Jesus. Oh, it'd be wonderful if we were accused of being a happy church. Oh, I pray, help all the saints that think they're happy to notify their face and start showing the world I'm happy in Jesus. And all who semi agree say amen.
1: And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth for Today, the ministry of Alley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, they're at truthfortodayradio.org.